Welcome to the Not A Mommy Yet podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Fay. I started the Not A Mommy Yet blog and this podcast because I've always known I want to be a parent one day, and you might be listening because you feel the same. You may have also heard people with kids say things like, I wish I had known this before I had kids, or I wish I had done that. Hearing those comments made me think about the parts of my life I want to spend more time focusing on before I have kids in ways that will benefit me as a parent. So I started a list of people who can teach me about health, money, relationships, psychology, and more, and started interviewing them, and this podcast was born. Whether you plan to have kids or not, I think you'll find something interesting in this podcast for you. I hope you enjoy, subscribe, and maybe even share it with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. Hey everyone, today on the Not A Mommy Up podcast, I am recapping my time in Mexico for the past three weeks with my cousin Diani. I was there as a source of familial support while also gaining invaluable experience for my postpartum doula training. A big part of the episode is going over sleep training and how Diani did it with her first child and is doing it now with her newborn. We also get into the nitty gritty of being a parent and caregiver to two small children. And I will warn you now that we do talk about baby poop and vomit, it just comes with the territory. So if you get queasy or uncomfortable on those topics, this is your heads up. I basically got to go through a three week boot camp on parenting and today we are sharing what that was like for both me and Diani. I say it in the episode and I'll say it again now, if you plan on having kids one day and have a family member or close friend having babies and you can offer any level of support to them, I highly, highly recommend it. Learning daily routines, tips and tricks, and even learning what you might not want to do as a parent are all great things to be exposed to. I really hope you enjoy this episode of the Not A Mommy Yet podcast. Hi, Diani. <laughs> Hello, Natalie. Thanks for being on the podcast today, tonight. My pleasure. <laughs> um, so just for a little backstory for anyone that doesn't know, Diani's my cousin, and um, I've been in Puerto Vallarta for the past three weeks helping her with um, her postpartum recovery and just being here because she has two kids. So... I'll let Diani introduce herself. Diani. <laughs> um, I have two kids, uh, Yasi, who's 20 months, um, so a little over a year and a half, and uh, my little baby who was just born three weeks ago, uh, mm-hmm. Milana. Milana <laughs> Simone. <laughs> um, and I've, uh, I live in Mexico in Puerto Vallarta, and I've been here for the past uh, three years, but my, um, my partner... He works uh, in, on an oil rig, so he has to travel to go to work, and he's gone for three weeks at a time, and then he's home for three weeks. So mm-hmm. right when he was, we were, we were kind of planning on the birth, um, and we realized that he was going to leave for three weeks, and I would be stuck with a toddler <laughs> and a little baby. I was kind of panicking, and um, you know, I put an SOS out to my friends and family um, to see if anybody would be willing and able to come and stay with me for three weeks uh, when he first left, um, you know, when it's, you know, I'm super vulnerable and, you yeah. know, have two, two little <laughs> itty bitties to take care of. Um, so I didn't want to be totally alone and I didn't want to like have just a babysitter or somebody. So yeah. I was, felt super lucky that Natalie was able to come. Yeah. I remember Danielle, my sister, she somehow let it slip that you were pregnant again. You hadn't <laughs> announced it yet. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. And Danielle told me that you were kind of, like, looking for someone to come help you. And that you didn't really, like, have anyone in mind or, like, just no one had said yes or, like, whatever the reason was. I don't know if you even really had started booking yet. And so I just texted you. I was like, hey, like, I know you're pregnant and I'd like to come stay with you for those three weeks. And it worked out really well with my job, actually. I was already working remote, but I ended up being totally self-employed by the time this trip rolled around anyway. So it worked out really well. Which is great because our internet is terrible here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the internet's been... um, tricky (laughs) um so yeah so the past three weeks have been very intense I I think more so for you obviously than anyone um but yeah what has that been like for you transitioning from 
of one child to two? Um, I think it started so long ago with the pregnancy that right. it wasn't, it didn't feel abrupt at least. Okay. Um, you know, like just the gradual, you know, change of being pregnant and how that kind of hindered my ability to really be, is there and, pl- and present for my son as I really wanted to be during these like really important formative years. Mm-hmm. He wasn't really walking for a w- pretty long period of time, which was pretty nice. But once he started, <laughs> he went like right to running and yeah. you know, I was getting bigger and bigger. And so it already, that challenge of juggling, um, you know, just having one baby growing inside of me and another one <laughs> running around outside, outside of me was, um, you know, began to present itself. And that was a little yeah. bit, um, it, it made me feel kind of bad, I guess, that I couldn't be as there for my son as I wanted to be mm-hmm. um, because he was so little when I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, he was only nine months when I got pregnant. So right. um, that was... I think that's been one of the biggest challenges was just kind of, you know, adapting to that mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just spatially kind of just trying to make the space for another baby mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and their stuff and, you know, and coordinate. But, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, it uh, it has it's kind of, you know, it slides right in. It's like you've mm-hmm. already built the foundation and the infrastructure to be a parent. Mm-hmm. So adding another child, like we have, and we saved almost everything from our first baby from Yossi. So mm-hmm. it really, it wasn't too hard to just kind of set it up. And I've done yeah. it before. Yeah. So there were definitely some, you know, some pros and some cons to it, you know, being the second baby, but already having a live baby to take care of at the same time. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, know, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. <laughs> exactly. Um, Milana definitely is like such a chill baby also. So I feel like that made it easier. But for me, definitely, I had never spent a lot of time around a newborn. Um, I had, do you hear Yossi? Is that Milana Simone? Or oh, Yossi? it's Milana. I think it's Milana because you know what? I don't have her, her video monitor on. <laughs> okay, I'll pause it. <laughs> okay. So we're back because <laughs> real life happens and the baby woke up and needed to be fed. Um, so now Milana is part of this podcast. <laughs> Say hi, Milana. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we were talking, just talking about uh, like being around a newborn for the first time for me. Like I had really no idea what to expect. I also thought that I'd be with you more at night, like in the middle of the night. Which I ended up not doing that because you managed the midnight, the middle of the night feeds. But um, yeah, like newborns were way easier than I thought <laughs> they would be um, because she really just like sleeps, and when she wakes up and needs to eat, you feed her, and then you change her diaper, and then she like the first week at least she could just like went back to sleep. Now she's awake for hours. Um, it's very different, but yeah, it was like a nice surprise for <laughs> sure, and she's just so precious and. Building up that confidence around newborns um, was really important to me because it was just they can be so fragile and scary for someone that's never had a kid. So, um, so yeah, that was cool. Milana's <laughs> <laughs> passing gas as we speak. <laughs> um, they just eat milk and drink milk and fart. <laughs> yeah, we have a joke that constantly any face she makes is like, am I sharding right now? <laughs> Do I just need to fart? <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that was the other thing too, just how much we talk about her poop. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Poop is a really important part of the newborn life. <laughs> yeah, you know, is her body working? <laughs> is she getting enough food? And is it coming out the other end? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's been good. And uh, I wanted to ask you how you felt compared to three weeks ago. Like, how's your body feeling? How's that been changing? Is it different from when you, after Yossi was born? Like, did you know what to expect? Or has that been all new and different? Yeah, I feel like... Um... It's definitely a different experience. I mean, you know, they say each pregnancy is different. Each baby is different. Mm -hmm. You know, the way you react, the way that you're prepared, everything is, um, you know, can change a lot. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, a really big difference is actually having you here Mm -hmm. um, and being able to help me um, 
and that has made it a little bit less strenuous on my body and I think mm-hmm. I was able to heal and feel better pretty fast as a result of just having you know having your help and mm-hmm. um, just kind of like understanding of how that you know what the situation is like for me I guess and how you yeah. know, a woman who's just given birth um, is you know not has limitations we'll yeah. Say. Um, yeah and so it's just kind of one of those things I don't think you always necessarily ask for the help you need but when you have somebody around who's just you know on top of it and willing to offer that it's extremely helpful for the healing so yeah. I think that that made it a lot better for me for this this round because um last time when uh Frank my partner when he went to work um I was, you know, just alone and uh, I was at his sister's house, but she wasn't there the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it was just, you know, I didn't have a toddler running around. So that was definitely, a, you know, an advantage that I had at that time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but still, you know, it felt uh, I was unfamiliar with what to expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there was that. And then I also, you know, was just kind of doing everything on my own. And that was a little bit strenuous. So, yeah. I felt this time I was pretty surprised almost, like, you know, by how how good I felt so fast. Yeah. Um, But then, you know, there was the one day that you got sick. (laughs) Yeah. And it was just just one day. Yeah, I came down with some bug. It just passed through me. We were preparing for, like, a four- or five-day flu. (laughs) But after one day of pure hell for both of us (laughs) like I was just in bed all day asleep I had no idea what was going on downstairs but Diani was put to the ultimate test (laughs) of having to take care of both my children alone (laughs) no but like while healing and yeah and what was I thinking why did I have two kids (laughs) at the end of the day I was like oh no (laughs) yeah and of course at the end of the day too Yasi gets into the pantry and opens a bottle of sesame seeds and just throws them on the ground everywhere which is like they multiply once they hit the ground so it's just and he was just covered in sesame seeds you know just (laughs) I'd already taken his clothes off because they'd been covered in food yeah and he, so he was just covered in drool. So yeah. then he was just rolling around with it, only a diaper on in sesame seeds <laughs> <laughs> while his sister was crying and having blowouts left and right, also only in a diaper. Yeah. <laughs> I had no changes of clothes available, and I was just like, no, sesame seeds everywhere. Yeah, oh, like, my God. why is this happening? But that, there was like a, you know, it just the toll it took on my body that one day right. of, you know, even just uh, taking Yossi to daycare dropping him off, coming back, and, um, you know, I went to the store and bought some things, you know, with, with Milana in the baby carrier, and mm-hmm. I felt like I was capable of doing everything because I had felt like I'd recovered so much, mm-hmm. um, but it, suddenly I was just immediately made aware of my limitations, like, at the end, by the end of the day, like, I got the kids to bed, but <laughs> I was, like, limping down the stairs, you know, grabbing my back, just yeah. like... Uh, so I don't think, I think a lot of it is just, you know, having that, um, that, that kind of environment of, you know, having a good amount of care and support Yeah. and I felt a lot better, but I do realize, you know, after that, that one day, um, that it's not like I was any more, uh, I'd recovered any quicker or anything. It was just that right. I had felt better. Faster. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Your body like what I've learned with the post just studying for to be a postpartum doula is that your body will tell you exactly when it's too much in different ways. Like, yeah. you know, with like any postpartum recovery, it will alert you immediately. <laughs> this is <laughs> no, too much. Get back in bed. Yeah, that was exactly how I felt. And yeah. it took a couple of days to recover from that. And, you know, and it was just like, okay, you got to slow down. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do everything. I was like, oh, I'm ready to go back to work, you know? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, I need to spend the day in bed. Like, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so it's definitely a roller coaster. But And I, I think another, you know, benefit is that, I knew I did know what to expect and exactly what I needed. And even though it was a little bit different of environment, because I'm here in Mexico and I had Yasi in the States, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I ordered everything online that I thought I would need for mm-hmm. my postpartum care. Um, and, you know, and just felt like I even, you know, getting the rocking chair and like setting that up, that little nursing area, mm-hmm. like I knew exactly what I felt like. I needed and I was able to prepare for that in advance instead of last time when I was figuring it out as I went along. Yeah. So, yeah, you definitely have like the different. stations 
they have like baskets around their house, very strategically placed for just like easy access to throw kids' dirty clothes in when after changing them. It's just like everything's in its place that makes everything easier downstairs and upstairs. So I think that you guys definitely have like your systems really well organized, which just makes such a huge difference. You're not like, where's this? Where's that? Like there'd be moments and we'd usually blame Yossi because he's, we'll just grab things and hide them. But um, for the most part, everything was always in its place, which is really just makes everything easier, especially for me coming into your home, like, and not having been part of setting up that system. Like I you could acclimate to it so quickly because like I just knew exactly how it worked. Oh, good. That's so good to hear. Yeah, definitely makes it easier. Um, but something I think people will benefit the most from is that Diani is a sleep training wizard. <laughs> Diani has Yossi on the most incredible schedule. It's just I, I never really understood what sleep training was com- before coming here, and usually what I've seen is like you kind of like you have your baby and I know I've told you this like and then all of a sudden you're like training your baby to sleep in their crib or sleep alone in their bedroom and you have to like go through a few days of hell like listening to them cry it out and that's what I've seen online I had no idea there was such thing as sleep training from literally the moment they exit the womb (laughs) which is what Diani does she just teaches like healthy habits for sleep so like what inspired you first of all to do that what book like really kind of helped you or person or whatever resource you went to with Yossi and then like how has it been different with Mila or easier um (laughs) so uh I it was so weird because when I first found out that I was pregnant and it was you know a bit of a surprise for um for my partner and I and we were like how do we do this like what do we do um and I was in Barnes and Nobles and I just kind of grabbed a couple really random books and um one of them was called cherish the first six weeks um and it's uh by this woman helen moon and she's you know like an expert nanny basically (laughs) (laughs) but i would also kind of you know think what she does is really similar to a postpartum doula Mm -hmm. um and you know she works with like several people when they're you know kind of setting up um schedules and things for their baby but basically it says a plan that creates calm confident parents and a happy secure baby And I'm looking at it like six weeks, like that's perfect. And, you know, uh, just with the general understanding that you develop that uh, framework and the sooner Mm -hmm. you do it, the better it is for the baby. And Mm -hmm. just thinking like, you know, I want to start this from the very beginning. Right. Um, Just kind of being like aware of this. So, you know, I'm going to read this uh, and prepare, be super prepared. Of course, I didn't read it until after the baby was born. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, yeah, that book, because I was a little bit panicked. And this is with my firstborn, with Yossi. Um, and I uh, I was just kind of frantically looking it up because I realized it was a little bit harder than I had thought. And I didn't really have a plan. And I didn't think about it for the first week or two with, mm-hmm. with Yossi. And then it was like, you know, what do I do? Like, how do I make this work? And he got a little colicky and things, you know, just started getting harder. And yeah. my partner left to go to work. And yeah. I was just, you know, like by myself and panicking. And uh, so I grabbed the book and I started looking at, you know, the schedules and all that. And they're like, oh, you know, is it is it week three and you haven't started this yet? Like, it's not too late. Yeah. So I was like, oh, thank God. Like, you know, let's see what I can what I can, you know, make work in the time that I have. And, you know, just started trying to follow it. So it wasn't really perfect. But, um, you know, and I definitely adapted it to meet my individual needs mm-hmm. and what I was, you know, like the, the, my own limitations of scheduling and just, you know, uh, things that I knew that I was actually going to be capable of. Like, okay, well, I can't wake up at seven, so I'll make it eight, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> and a couple uh, things here and there that I, you know, just little adjustments and stuff that I made to make the schedule work for me. Yeah. But basically, you know, it starts out with, by, with under the concept of like feed your baby every three hours, but like the same, you know, three hours every day and just mm-hmm. get that routine going and then throughout the night you just start dropping and merging feeds mm-hmm. um and so you know to make you, the amount of time longer between feeds exactly just at night and during yeah. the day you're still very frequent and you know there's just a, a couple other things and just you know the idea being that you're not creating a dependency between you and the baby isn't becoming dependent so on on uh, feeding for example you mm-hmm. always feed the baby when they first wake up 
not right before they go to sleep. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of different things kind of set up there in, in philosophies, but it, it, a lot of it is just about, uh, you know, allowing the baby to learn how to self-soothe from the very beginning. Yeah. You think they're too young, but they're not, you know. We never, um, you know, I still sleep with her in this bed at this, um, you know, maybe through the second feed or third feed of the night when, you know, I just start to get tired and disoriented and I'm <laughs> yeah. just lying down feeding and I fall asleep. Um, but, you know, I always swaddle her and put her to bed in a bassinet at the very beginning, even right. when I first brought her home, you know. Yeah, and- th- that was like what was interesting to me that I had never considered either was just teaching the baby when what is daytime and what is nighttime. So Diani doesn't sit in her room like my first thought of postpartum. I'm like, I'm just gonna be in my bed all day. Like I don't, I don't want to do anything. But Diani like makes the effort. She leaves her bedroom. The baby doesn't go in the bassinet if it's daytime. The baby only goes in the bassinet at night. So the so like she also starts to learn her surroundings. She she goes into a different type of uh, swing during the day. Um, you know, she only gets swaddled at night. She's like learning these things. Of course not knowingly, but, like, you're teaching her them um, every single day by following these things. And, like, she just had her first five-hour stretch or six-hour stretch, like, two nights ago, which was awesome. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to be able to, by six weeks, have a baby sleeping through the night. I I was talking to my mom about it today, and she was like, yeah, Diani's like me, like, we need sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah exactly. like we don't survive off you know and there are people who just don't really need that much sleep so maybe this is less of a priority but for me the thought of like losing my sleep is already stressing me out so having them on such an easy schedule and Yossi too still like he goes down for his nap no problem you know like maybe he'll like cry a little because he wants to keep playing but he'll go to bed he'll sleep and then at night his routine is ironclad like it's amazing (laughs) I was Um, amazed with how much it worked I I really I really didn't um I really didn't was kind of skeptical and and but like with Yossi so like you know I had a lot of hiccups when I was trying to execute the mm -hmm. plan and especially because he was colicky like he would just wake up at random times and he wouldn't fall asleep at random times and the, the plan is like you know, um, obviously you have to look at it to kind of, you know, um, know the details of the week to week. But right. a lot of it is, you know, um, they'll wake up at exactly this time. You know, they're going to go to, you're going to feed them at one and then they'll be awake till two and then they're going to sleep until four and then you feed them again. They're going to be awake for one more hour and then they're going to go to bed and then mm-hmm. they're, they're going to go right to bed and they're going to be awake for three hours. So it just goes like very specific. And on a good day, a baby might just fall right into it. It's very well researched and, you know, their development, yeah, yeah, yeah. their age, and the, the, what they're capable of mm-hmm. is, is taken into account when they're thinking of what, what the, this week is going to be. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't always work like that. Yeah. So I was surprised with how many times it didn't work out for Yasi at all in the way that they said that it was it should. Yeah. Um, and yet how at the end he came out completely yeah and I think a lot of it is you know not being intimidated by that or just giving up because it oh this doesn't work for me right nothing it doesn't work for anybody unless you just keep trying and you don't give up and you just start the next day as if the last day was perfect you know you don't sit there and get uh too defeated by your you know failures of the day before you just you know start each day fresh yeah that's so optimistic like okay well then that didn't work yesterday let's see if it works today yeah keep on trying to maintain consistency and if you can just keep like one you know they say the 10 p.m feed and the 7 a.m feed just try to keep those consistent and um you know and then just work everything else kind of around that and Mm -hmm. just kind of keep uh keeping adaptable and keeping resilient and I feel like it really works out so yeah by by the time that Yasi was eight weeks he was sleeping through the night from 10 p.m like with one feed like going to bed by 7 p.m one feed at 10 p.m. and then uh, waking up at 7 a.m. By like four months, I was able to drop the 10 p.m. feed and he was just 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And it's been yeah. you know, like that ever since. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I know. think that's such good advice too because it does, it can get overwhelming. Like 
on days, let's say when Moana, she just wants to eat like nonstop. You know, you're trying to space it out, but she's just constantly hungry like every hour and a half. I like how you can like kind of hear her smacking in the background during that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But exactly. it doesn't stress you out. And that's really, really good. Not only is it good, it's good for Moana. She can obviously sense that you're totally calm and at ease, but also for breastfeeding, it helps just, you know, to stay calm. And, and of course, it's all easier said than done. And it depends on the person. Like, you're, like, naturally, I think, more just willing to go with the flow than maybe some people are. But but that's really good advice because it will get better. Yeah. Like, and I think it really can work for anybody. Yeah. If you're, you know, just kind of focused on doing that. But it, it, it's also not for everybody. It depends. Like, everybody needs to kind of find what works for them for mm-hmm. me I'm you know very schedule oriented I need to plan everything strategically yeah. and uh, I just feel like I'm a little bit in control of the situation like I understand what's happening yeah and what's supposed to happen so even if it, what is actually happening isn't what uh what's supposed to happen I know, I'm aware of that yeah and that makes me feel more in control even if I have no control of the situation <laughs> at all if that makes any sense yeah I don't know. yeah and I read part of that book and I definitely would recommend it to anyone doula or pregnant person or new mom it's the way Helen writes the book is really nice it's very it's a very easy read also like you can read the whole thing through or you can do it week by week as your baby gets older which is what Diani does too to like brush up on it um and there's just like a lot of really great helpful tips beyond just sleep training um, like we learned about the pacifier and like what what, yes. is, what did she say about that again? Um, just basically, and it's funny because my partner was adamantly against the pacifier, um, <laughs> and he was like, "We're not doing that. That is, you know, just uh, like a bad habit." Uh-huh. And, you know, I've seen kids who are six and they still will have pacifiers and stuff like that. So he just kind of had a little bit of an aversion to it to begin with. And when Yasi was a little bit colicky. I was really mad about it. Like, I wanted to use a pacifier. Mm -hmm. I thought it would solve all of our problems right away. So it was, you know, it was a real uh, test of patience and and, and everything. But uh, I happened to be reading this book at the same time, and she had a similar stance to, um, to the pacifiers. And basically what she was saying is... One important thing that kind of stuck with me is that uh, when your baby cries out, they're trying to communicate something with you. And when you stick a pacifier in its mouth, you're not telling them that, uh, you know, what you're the message you're sending them is that you don't really care what they are trying to say. You just want them to be quiet. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, uh, that, that kind of, you know, uh, was a little bit, um, you know, of a harsh realization to think that your baby would interpret you... Right. You know, taking care of it. That's your only job, right? You know, during um, during those first couple of mm-hmm. weeks. And, 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 you know, just to uh, to have that kind of, you know, break in, in communication and trust with your with your baby from the very beginning. Yeah. It's, you know, and I know that tons of people use pacifiers and it can be really, um, really helpful. And it's completely a personal choice and it's not going to make or break the development of any child. Right. But, you know, just kind of thinking about it like that, I do want to be aware of, of you know, uh, what uh, what my baby's needs are and when it's, you know, upset or whatever and, and, and right. build that positive relationship with them. And at the same time, um, you know, you're creating a dependency that's a habit you're going to have to quit. Right. So, like, it's like, you know, like smoking. Like, why start when you're just going to have to quit later? Like, yeah, exactly. It's kind of silly to, you know, just immediately start something that you know there's really no point to that uh, – that, is not something that you can kind of keep going in the long term. And it does become difficult for um, kids who start to rely on it to sleep. Mm-hmm. So one of the biggest things with the, um, the first uh, six-week kind of um, scheduling and everything like that and the philosophy behind the book is to make sure that, you know, um, that, that your baby is able to self-soothe and put mm-hmm. themselves to sleep. And, you know, both of my kids and I think it was largely you know creating that structure and that environment um that you know is suggested in the book and also just their personalities right um but they're you know they became really good right away at self-soothing and they even have little methods where they like put their hands in the air and um and that puts them to sleep and so they're able to put themselves to sleep and they don't need 
um, to be breastfed. They don't need a pacifier. They don't need a bottle in their mouth. They just understand, you know, that it's bedtime and, mm -hmm. you know, that doesn't give them, you know, anxiety because they're used to it from the second that, you know, they're born. Right. It's just part of that. And they know that I'm right there and that the second they cry out, I will be there right. to pick them up and to soothe them and to, you know, uh, uh, to breastfeed them and, you know, and nurse them, do whatever that I need to do to kind of make them feel better. But um, that doesn't mean that they can't just have their own space right. and time to sleep by themselves. And, I, you know, I appreciate yeah. my space, too. And I think yeah. they appreciate theirs, you know? Totally. Yeah, the, like, it was interesting, you know, I've, I've heard you have to learn your baby's cry, different cries. They have cries for different things. And I kind of thought that was funny. I was just like, how a baby's cry is a baby's cry. But now I can totally tell the difference when Luana's <laughs> hungry versus just really pissed about something. Um, but yeah, cries can totally be different, and they do communicate, and I... And I agree, like, you're just kind of like, stop crying, stop crying. But it's, it's just amazing to me how that you didn't have any experience with newborns before this, because that you are so good with Mila. Like, <laughs> you're like a, you know, baby whisperer. Like, I, I feel, feel like, you know, today I was, um, when you were at the beach, and I was like, you know, with the baby, and I was kind of like, oh, God, what what, what, did, what does Natalie do to put her to sleep during the day? Because <laughs> I think she sleeps less. She, she falls asleep less easily during the day. At nighttime, we've yeah. got a good routine. The lights are off. Swaddle her. She's got her yeah. noise machine. She's in her bed. Boom, she's asleep. Yeah. But it, during the day, there's a lot of distractions. It's light out, you know, and, yeah. and it's a little bit more complicated. Um, and uh, and so I was just kind of thinking about, you know, uh, that your, your way of just <laughs> putting her to sleep, and you're so good at it. It's just incredible to me. Oh, I can't believe thanks. that you don't. That you haven't, like, just been around newborns. Like, you're not just already a newborn expert. Well, like, it was yeah. weird when I... Okay, so I, I read part of that book, like, the first or second day I got here. As soon as you told me about it. And, like, that's what you were following. I wanted to catch up and and read it. And in it, it talks about, like, how babies just, like, really need... It's very simple. Just, like, to be very comfortable. Very, like, feeling safe. And, like, a good... Sh like, just, like, a constant shushing... Or, like, a soothing sound, like, will really calm them down. And so I just kind of, like, took it and ran with it. I was like, okay, I guess if it's going to be that simple, like, don't make it complicated. Yeah. Um, but she's just, like, oh, she's so precious. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I love, love taking so care of her. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so some... Besides sleep training, I was thinking of just sharing some funny moments with people who might not be around kids this not that much. Because I was, like, laughing how my sister Danielle, I was FaceTiming with her. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go change Mila's diaper now. And she was like, okay, bye. Like, I'm going to hang up. And I was like, why? You don't need to hang up. But Danielle was like, ew, I don't want to see that. Like, I don't want to, like, like, go do that, you know. And so... Yeah, like, the changing the diapers when I first started, I felt like a fish on land. I was like, how do you, like, lift the legs, get the diaper? I was constantly putting on the back, on the front, and vice versa. Like, and it was just, as soon as you said you pull the wings up, like, that, like, changed everything for me. I, like, fully started to understand. But there was one moment Diani got to witness where I was changing Mila's diaper and she started pooping and peeing <laughs> in the middle of it. It was like a waterfall. It was crazy. The and the reason she says waterfall is because it fell off the ledge, like it went down off the ledge of the diaper changing table and was just trickling down poop and pee. And Milana was just like squirming around in her poop and pee. And I was freaking out. I was like, what do I do? And Tiani's like, okay, first of all, don't panic. <laughs> And second of all, go wash her. Like, go bathe her and I'll deal. Like, I'll clean this up. Like, just calm down. But I can't imagine if I was there alone what I would have done first, honestly. Like, I almost gave up on diaper change. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm. this is it for me. Yeah, because I had maybe changed two diapers before I came. And now I've changed probably at least a hundred or more <laughs> and I remember by like your lack of experience being completely unfazed I felt like I should have maybe offered you more guidance but I was like you know immersed in the chaos of no, you know, having two good. babies under two but 
it is one of those things that like there was never a doubt in my mind. It was just like she'll figure it yeah. out. Like <laughs> exactly. it's one of those things, you know, you yeah, change just it like up any diapers. parent has to. Yeah. You just have to figure it out. You gotta do it. Exactly. I remember in Len Frank's like, How do you change a girl's diaper? I'm gonna YouTube it, you know, because we have a boy. <laughs> yeah. So um he was, you know, gonna YouTube that and um and then I think he realized that it was really easy. You just you know, it's like almost the exact same yeah. thing. Like um, so it's just funny the little things that like make us nervous about you know yeah about babies and I think really it's just the pressure of the responsibility that it's a little human and you know so helpless and you're completely yeah. responsible for you know its survival and that's just scary but you know like you said don't overcomplicate it if it's that simple and it really is it's so simple yeah it's, it's actually just, you just so simple that yeah that like it's you know that simple that you don't really. Uh, overthinking it is probably you know you're being your wor- own worst enemy when it comes to childcare yeah. in that way. Like, yeah. When it when they're that age. Like. Yeah. The one thing I did appreciate though is Frank walking me through how to bathe her, um, which has obviously gone easier every day just because she's getting bigger. So it's you feel less like oh my god this is a tiny fragile thing. Yeah, and that she's... umbilical cord too at the beginning. Oh my god, it's yes. Like, What's gonna happen? Like, should it get wet? Like, and I because I was bathing her, and then when the umbilical cord came off, and I was like, yeah. oh god, yeah, I've done something wrong. And Frank's like, she's gonna be deformed. Her belly button's <laughs> her gonna belly be button deformed. fell off, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like supposed to fall off. But yeah, there's yeah. all these. It's it's scary when they're that little. I was scared too, and it's my baby. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but she's put on two pounds since I got here which in three weeks which since birth which is crazy because yeah she actually didn't lose any weight so she's a good eater (laughs) Um, normally babies lose a little bit of their birth weight before they gain it back and Mila gained two pounds and so now yeah she's still tiny but just feels a little bit more sturdy yeah for sure Um, yeah she's almost able to hold her head up and stuff too yeah and then um what else was there that I wrote down? It's like a funny oh the newborn photo shoot that was oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, it's so cool that Natalie got to be here for that and yeah. witness it. Like, I felt like you actually got some um, techniques that you took away, like the sh- yeah. Um, they uh, have like a shusher. Yeah, I forget what it's called, but it's like a little handheld thing that anyone can buy probably on Amazon, and it just constantly does this like constant stream of. Sh- yeah, and this, these people are, like, truly pros. Diani prepped me, but I just didn't really understand what to expect. But they, like, set the temperature in the room. They set the lighting. They have it all set up to, like, keep the baby asleep. Because apparently, for newborn photos, they want the baby asleep the whole time. Um, but, yeah, that was cool to see. And just so freaking cute, like, the little setups that they did of her. But um, that was really adorable. And... Uh, yeah, that was really cool that uh, you got to be there for that and that you could, you know, help us with it and everything with Yasi. Yeah. And, and it was just, uh, I think, would you think that that's something that you would do now that you've Yeah, now that it? I've seen it, I would definitely do it because I agree. It's just, like, they're only that small. She's not even that small anymore. She's already grown. So it's, like, a, a nice thing to capture, you know, yeah, more than just an iPhone window. photo. Yeah. It's, and they actually do it in the hospital. Most hospitals, they come into the room, like, right after you've oh, you really? know, had the baby, and they take a bunch of photos, and they're like, yeah, it was, it was, and then they, you know, they charge you um, if you want to, they show you the photos, and then... It's like know, Disneyland. Keep, keep them, yeah. <laughs> um, and Frank did that last time with Yasi. He, like, got him, because he was like, I don't want to lose any memories, you know, but uh-huh. we already had the, I had the photo shoot set up. Right. Because I have a friend who's a newborn photographer, so I've already seen, you know, like, a lot of the things. And I already, right. I already knew, like, oh, I want that for my baby, you know? Yeah. So I, I'd already set the whole thing up, and we never wound up using those hospital ones because they're just born. Like, that window of, like, seven to ten days is so ideal for, you yeah. know, when they're, they've grown in a little bit to themselves enough. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know, there's literally, like, fresh out of the womb and you know yeah. out of your body and <laughs> exactly. like blue and kind of weird looking and yeah you know they're just a little bit it's it's I, I think it's it's um I definitely recommend doing it I know it's kind of cheesy but yeah it's, I know that and then you have these like professional things you can always blow totally. up because of the quality and get them framed and everything and I feel like our kids are gonna appreciate it when they're older yeah it is nice to have like I I think the only like new I guess my mom did do some type of 
newborn photography that, um, but like the only photos I have access to really as of right now, it's like a blurry photo of me in the, in the little like bed that they, the plastic bed, you know, that's like at the hospital that they wheel the baby around in. Um, so it is nice to have these like more professional ones. And also having your parents in it. Like, I think everybody, you know, kind of wants to see what their parents look like when they were. Yeah. Like, it's true. you know, born, and it's always something that's interesting. You're like, what? That was my favorite. That's what they would look like when they were young. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, God. My kids are like, oh, like, I don't know me. It's like an old. <laughs> an old. <laughs> and they're going to be like, my mom used to be so pretty. <laughs> no. Look at her now. She's so old. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's definitely been a crazy three weeks, like, coming into it. I remember the few days leading up to it, I was like, okay, this is going to be intense, Natalie. Like, get ready. You know, like, this isn't... Like, I, I wasn't really thinking twice about it until, like, literally 24 to 48 hours before I got here. Um, but it's been really cool to, to just, like, learn how kids work and how your life can work with kids and just kind of figuring it all out with you and... Um, it's been really cool to see that and just learn what it's like. And then, of course, today I'm, like, three weeks in, feeling really good, learned all this stuff, get home with the Aussie from daycare, and he starts vomiting everywhere. Like projectile vomit. It was crazy. I, I like, <laughs> I still can't get over it because, yeah, he's still too young to be like, hey, I'm going to puke right now. Or just, like, even know that he's going to puke. And it was funny. Frank just happened to be on the phone. He's like, that was an exorcist. (laughs) He was sitting on my lap. He wouldn't let me put him down. I text Yanni. I'm like, I think his teething is really bad because he's been dealing with that. He won't let me put him down. She comes downstairs the moment she walks downstairs. Yossi just vomits all over the floor on uh, sitting on my lap. And I was just like, what just happened? And then Diani takes him and he does it two more times, like all over the fucking floor. I don't know everywhere. if I've ever seen an actual like projectile vomit. <laughs> I mean, I guess once you have kids, like that's something you have to get used to because you'll definitely see it. Like, yeah, that's yeah. That was like now I feel like I really am prepared for anything, <laughs> like as a postpartum doula. And then like the whole floor was just covered and throw up. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, like, we were like, what do we do? And we just had to sit in it for a while because Yossi was so upset. We had to, like, console him, and we didn't really know what to do. So we were just kind of, like, in it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, our feet, and he he was covered. We were just kind of all sitting there, like, (laughs) processing what just happened. Hanging out in a puddle of vomit. Yeah, that was my nice little (laughs) end of the trip experience I Um, remember at the beginning too like as we were trying to get out the house and it was so hard yeah and and, and as we were leaving I was like are you sure you want kids (laughs) yeah I've I've thought a lot about it like don't discourage her yeah no of course I want kids um I think it's yeah that's it's just helped me you know first I had to like real remember you know you're gonna just start with one kid you don't start with a toddler and a newborn. The toddlers are the hardest by far. Yeah. Like, a newborn's nothing compared to a toddler. Totally. I mean, obviously, newborns can't do anything. They're just there. They're, and they're cuddly. Yeah, sweet. they're just, like, perfect. Makes sense why people want to have, like, more babies. I know. Like, I'll just take that, like, really cute baby. I know. I just want the newborn phase. But then it always, don't forget, they always turn into toddlers exactly. at some point. Exactly. So there's that. Um, <clears throat> it also made me think about, like, we had a lot of conversations about uh, age, like, spacing out your kids. Oh, yeah. So that, like, is still something I don't know what I'll end up doing because I'm 20 months apart from my sister. I'm exactly the same as yeah, Mila and Yossi. And my mom was like, it just, it was really hard for her today. We talked about that too. She was just like, it was crazy because when it was just you, Natalie, I was, I'm the oldest. My mom was like, I could take you anywhere. I just literally went wherever I wanted to, whenever I wanted to. We were just on our schedule and like, that was it. But then as soon as Melissa was born, you would nap in the afternoon or you would nap in like the middle of the day, like at noon, like Yossi. 
but Melissa would nap nights. in the morning and after Yossi. I remember, so like, you yeah. could never leave the house. I remember her saying that, and she's like, that's when I went back to work, because I was like, screw this. <laughs> but, like, it was funny, because I was sitting down today, like, trying to, like, fathom the schedule of both of them at the same time. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God. She's going to nap from 10 to 12. He's going to nap from 12 to 2, and she's going to nap from 2 to 4. Yeah. And so I'll never have a nap time again, because, like, I really look forward to Yossi's nap time, too, to be my time to decompress. Shower, clean the house watch a movie, you know, really relax. Right. And now, like, not only are you trapped in the house from 10 to 4, mm-hmm. but you're also, like, you never get that decompression time because you're always at least with one kid. Right. Which is crazy to think about. And I remember when your mom said it, when, uh, you know, I was talking to her about it, and, and I was just like, oh, that's crazy. Like, yeah. I didn't want to believe it. But it's true. Like, I yeah. can't. God, yeah, that's that's definitely a, a you know not an easy thing. It's only the first year, right? Once you know she's uh, one, then she'll be they'll both nap for the same time. In the yeah, middle of the day. and you're already gonna try and get them at the same like nine to nine or eight to eight. Or yeah, they'll schedule. still have the same nighttime schedule. Same nighttime yeah. schedule, which is great. Same bedtime, so you do get that decompression time. It's just at, at least night. At night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so yeah I mean I think that covers everything I wanted to cover yeah I think so I mean I guess I was just kind of thinking uh, yeah you know what your what your um, takeaways were from this whole experience like you know did you uh, you know I guess you're thinking about you know your own kids Mm -hmm. and what you want to do with them and spacing them out and you know, what about, like, the sleep scheduling and all of that? Is that something you feel like you want yeah, to do? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it, I also now feel more confident helping parents through that. Um, like, I know I'll probably learn more about it as I continue my training. But just, like, as a postpartum doula, because I don't have kids, this is, like, constantly something I think in my head. Whenever I talk to people who do have kids or are pregnant, right? Like they're they're doing things I've never actually done. But I do have to feel confident in myself and knowing, and you've told me this, that like I still know a lot about it, even though I've never done it. So like when I, you know, approach clients and I'm working with a client who has a newborn, like I'll have the experience now and I'll just continue to keep gaining that experience of how to handle a newborn or what to do or you know, how to recover from um, delivery and all these things. Like, I'm exposing myself to it in a way where I can be, you know, a a source of, you know, knowledge. Like, I can be a teacher. And and that's something that I need to just keep building that confidence in because I don't have kids and I've never been pregnant. So I can't speak from personal experience in that way. Yeah. Um, So that's been really helpful being here and, like, just building that, you know, way more than, as a postpartum doula, I'll only be at someone's house, like, if they need me for a night shift, or, like, a few hours during the day here and there, like, I'll never have done what I just did with you, which was really, like, what we were talking about earlier, like, is what the family members do, is they come and they help and they stay. Yeah, and it's like, you you know, yeah, that's kind of, it's definitely a mix of of the two things right uh, being a professional and being a family member like yeah a little bit more than your average professional but you know also more than a family member because you're more educated on everything that's going on you know yeah yeah so than most people yeah that's been cool to to just have that experience I'm so grateful that it worked out like, I wasn't becoming a doula when I first agreed to it's come crazy here. the how that worked out, huh? Yeah. What is there anything that you would have done differently or, uh, you know, for, I don't know, like, yeah, anything you would have? Um, not that I can really think of. Like, I feel like I really studied as much as I could simultaneously um, while still managing, like, other commitments, you know, for work and and being here for you and for Yossi and Mila, like, I think everything, yeah, I think it, it went as well as it could have, and, like, it was amazing. Like, I don't think I would have yeah. done anything differently. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> what about you? you I think? agree. I think, um, 
I think it went like perfectly and I just I, it just shocks me that you've never done this before <laughs> I really feel like you've been an expert like this entire time and yeah I think there has been that you know huge advantage of having you know a family member somebody like I've known my whole life who's right. coming where I can be super comfortable having in my house during a time when I'm you know vulnerable yeah and, and and whatever and just you know even just kind of being um hormonal and stuff you don't always know you know like what I I don't know I felt like the second I was done being pregnant I was like a much nicer person <laughs> while I was you know in my pregnancy at the very end I was just like so annoyed by everybody you know yeah so like, there was just like some things that I was like you know um it just you know you just never know because you're you're so on edge about so many different things mm-hmm. you know and having somebody that's like living with you and staying with you and oh you know is this uh how's this gonna be and and, you know, it's just, uh, it, or it can be overwhelming to have somebody in your space. Um, yeah. You know, especially if it's somebody that you might not know super well or be really comfortable with. So I think, you know, obviously it was amazing that, you know, it was you. Yeah. But uh, even aside from that, just uh, in our beach trips. Yeah. <laughs> our beach key. trips. <laughs> Very important. Very important. Um, but um, all, all postpartum recovery should involve beach trips yes uh, several week um but <laughs> but you know I just think it's yeah it's been really amazing to have you here and like I really feel like <laughs> like you're an expert at it you know you. you're really good at it so it seems you know it's like something you should really keep doing yeah thank you yeah it's it's been it's been great and uh there's one other thing I wanted to say Oh, and, like, was there something I would do differently? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah I don't think... Like, the next time... Like, first I of all, I guess the only thing is, like, maybe of sharing, like, the book with you in advance so that you yeah. would... You know, because I, I think I sent it to you, like, while you were on the plane. Yeah. And <laughs> like I was like, when maybe I landed, she'll read it on the plane. Yeah, I think it was, like, when I landed, I got a text. Or maybe, yeah, we were texting while, while I was in the air. You were like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is the book that I'm reading. So I should have I prepared a little bit more. Like, yeah, because I, I feel like, uh, you know, at that point you had um, that period of time that you could take it away and read it. And then I kind of, like, took it back. And I was yeah. like, well, I need this. Like, yeah. You know? And then it, you didn't want to, like, you know, take the book or whatever. But uh, I think there's a lot of, like, you know, details in there. So yeah. know, hopefully you'll have a chance to kind of, like, go over it a little bit more in detail later. Yeah, I'm um, definitely going to buy it just for myself to have. I'll also include it in the podcast notes for anyone listening who wants to know it. And also there's a second book that she reads called On Becoming Baby Wise, um, Giving Your Infant the Gift of Nighttime Sleep. <laughs> and um, I guess this is um, a great addition because you said it goes beyond the six weeks. Yeah, so this goes up to the first year and they have some very detailed schedules uh, moving forward. So. What happened is I didn't, you know, utilize this one as much because I had already started out with the other one and mm-hmm. the philosophy behind it. Mm-hmm. But what I did use was, you know, those uh, templates of the schedule. Right. And what it explains, it's really similar. It's both, they're both, uh, you know, kind of the same concept in the way that, you know, you start out with a certain, like, very, you know, detailed routine. And eventually you, um, you know, you merge uh, nap times and feeds. Mm-hmm. So you start dropping them and it becomes less and less and less. So, mm-hmm. you know, by the time you're in, you know, year one, they're, you know, only getting two feeds, two, you know, uh, feeds a day and one nap time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the beginning you're starting with eight. So, right. um, you know, it's just, it, it, it shows that whole transition over the first year and all the different kind of combinations of things that you can do. Um, and that's, I, I really like how, you know, kind of looking at both of them and, mm-hmm. and cross-referencing and kind of planning out. I literally have her entire schedule planned out for the, for the year. Yeah. I'm sure some things will change, but. There was it, like one day we were sitting at home for a lot of the, for like a few hours straight. And Diani was like maniacally planning out her whole life. Pen and paper, <laughs> highlighter, like books out. I was like, I've got to figure this out. And like the other thing is also I think. It really helps have it planned out when it comes to childcare. Yeah. Because I don't really want to pay necessarily also like, you know, for nap time. Sometimes right. it's like two hours or something, two valuable hours of, yeah. you know, babysitting or whatever. Yeah. And um, if I'm at, they're going to be at home anyway. Right. And, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, if, if somebody's there, they don't have like anything to do and all that. So it's kind of like, okay. 
I need to be very aware of what their nap times are going to be so I can set up a schedule for myself and for everyone else. And, yeah. You know, anybody that, uh, that uh, like, whether it's daycare or, um, you know, a babysitter or whatever kind of thing, just kind of having an idea of what their schedule is going to be. Is like, and for you, for work, too. For work, yeah. Yeah. I work from home, so, you yeah. know, just kind of being aware of what my availability is going to be and, uh, you know, setting that up. Is, yeah. It just, you know, it's nice not to just kind of feel like you're, you've lost control or you have no control. Over right. Where like every day you don't really know how it's going to go. I just can't imagine living in a world like that <laughs> where like your kid is just like, we know every single morning Yossi's going to wake up between 8.30 and 9 and that every day he's going to take a nap at noon and every day he wakes up at 2 and every night he goes to bed at 9. Like, you know those times and that's such a relief. Like, again, something I didn't like I just didn't even think about before I came here like of course I knew kids have naps and like whatever but like I didn't really think about like just how beneficial it is to really have your kid on a schedule for them too we, for them too yeah, yeah routine is really important yeah 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 so yeah overall it's been amazing like you can't you literally can't pay for this type of experience <laughs> if anyone out there is listening who has a family member who's about to have a baby like, if you can offer your time and support, even if it's just a day here and there, not 22 days straight. <laughs> 22 days is a very ambitious and yeah. generous offer of time, that's for sure. But, we got really lucky to be able to have you for <laughs> such an extended period, like, you know, all the way out here. Um, and yeah. that was amazing for us. But, yeah, I think uh, maybe people don't always, you know, reach out or they might feel awkward. Um or, you know, just like, oh, they don't need me. They have this and that. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like you would probably be surprised at how many people would be so happy to accept that yeah. um, that help. And, you know, it's yeah. just really, really amazing to have. And I didn't, you know, to completely even grasp the degree. Like, I knew that, like, I kept being like, what would, we, what would I do if Natalie wasn't here <laughs> the whole time? But it was, you know, that one day you were sick was like, <laughs> oh, my God, like, really wow like it would have been really hard so I know my situation is a little bit unique with um you know my my partner's job and everything yeah and and all that but uh I think any woman like can use yeah and and if there's another family member helping them maybe they could use a break you know so exactly it's it's always you know yeah whatever you can do and and like that believe it or not does not include going over and holding the baby as we've (laughs) talked about a lot you and me like it's really helping the mom more than anything like offering something to her is which is what is needed the most because all she can do really at this point like especially right after birth is like help is be there for the baby so like she needs people looking out for her yeah not the baby yeah, exactly. And that was that was kind of the way that I was feeling it, um, you know, when you were sick was like, she was crying a lot and I wasn't really able to get to her because I was taking care of, you know, Yasi. Yeah. <laughs> the wild toddler. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, I wasn't able to take care of myself either. So right. it was like him, you know, because he's rapidly destroying the house. Then her, who's crying and having, like, massive anxiety. Like, she really didn't sleep well at all that night. Yeah. And then um, and then myself last, and I'm, like, you know, like, limping around, like, having yeah. showered, like, you know, just, yeah. like, suddenly uh, forgot to take any, like, you know, medicine and just, like, you know, hydrate or eat properly and just, like, all of those things. And it was, like, wow, the second, like, nobody was helping me. Yeah. Like, my kid's live. Well... Yossi's life was fun. <laughs> he he was covered in sesame seeds blissfully, <laughs> but but my poor baby was, you know, definitely suffering and yeah. I was also suffering a lot. So it just really made it apparent like how much, you know, your help of helping Yossi and helping me mm-hmm. uh, you know, like helped so much right. uh, with with Mila. Yeah, definitely. And she's just she really I feel like you, uh, she's so calm, she's so secure. She's, you know, she sleeps really well. Uh, she's never, you know, she she barely cries. She just goes, eh. yeah. Um, <laughs> and she, I'm hungry. <laughs> and I think a lot of that is just because I've had the, you know, this amazing ability to be able to be so present for her, and I wouldn't right. have had that if you weren't here, you know. Yeah. Helping me, so yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, of course. <laughs> 
That about sums it up. I think a solid hour. It's pretty good. Yeah. I was wondering, like, how long have we been talking for? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. And I'll, again, put all the titles of anything we talked about in the podcast notes. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Yanni. <laughs> Thank you, Natalie. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review and share it with a friend. Check out the podcast notes for the links we mentioned in our conversation, and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. Thanks for listening.